Hi, I'm Dave Kelch. And I'm Warwick Johnson. Welcome to Cinema Stalgia. Where we rewatch movies from our childhood and see if they really are great or if time has passed them by. It's time to get nostalgic with your old pals Dave and Warwick. From Independence Day to Platoon, Cinema Nostalgia is starting soon. Yes, Cinema Nostalgia is starting soon. Have some fun with them, they're watching movies. From stuff that makes you laugh to stuff that's spooky. You want to listen well, don't have a cow. Cause Cinema Nostalgia is starting now. Yes, Cinema Nostalgia is starting now. Now, Dave and Warwick, come on out, take a bow. Cause Cinema Nostalgia is now. Hey everybody and welcome to Cinema Nostalgia. Today's episode we're going to be talking about Commando, Terms of Enrampagement. Uh, Commando came out in 1985. It's directed by Mark L. Lester, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ray Don Chung, Vernon Wells, Alyssa Milano, and Bill Duke from Predator. Also Arnold Schwarzenegger's in Predator, but most especially Bill Duke is from Predator. Exactly. That's what he's known for. Dave, you picked Commando, so why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. Um, Commando, so I would have been I would have been like seven when this movie came out. And weirdly, I don't know how or why, but this is one of those movies that if it was a weekend and we my parents and I went to the video store, which used to be a thing for all of you <laughs> younger yeah. people out there when there were places that like blockbuster video that existed where you're like we're gonna go get some vhs tapes man i I miss blockbuster video there's so many times where i'm like i'd love to see this movie it's like oh wait i can't uh unless i can find it on the internet i mean yeah i mean i guess it's still you know you can find it nowadays and rent things um i mean nowadays the subscription model has gotten much more popular like things like amazon prime and netflix and hulu where you pay a monthly fee and you get all these movies where you know like blockbuster it was you had you had your membership that you card, which was you, free, membership which was free, was free. Which was free. And the other place where we lived, I grew up in a small town in Southern Illinois. We, I don't think there was a blockbuster. The nearest actual good video store was in the, this town called Columbia, which was about 15, 10, 15 minutes from my home. Mm. So it was always a drive to go get some movies, you know, and watch for the weekend. And, you know, there were plenty of cartoons and things like that, but my parents were pretty lax when it came to action movies. Mm-hmm. Of that era, by the time I mean I don't think it's, I saw this movie like right away when it came out in 1985. It's probably like a few years after that when it would be in the video store. So I was like maybe 10 or so. But I think they were just like, ah, it's a Schwarzenegger action flick. Eh, it's probably fine. What's the worst thing to happen? <laughs> yeah, uh, so many action movies. I actually talked to my mom about this recently because as we've been going through these, I'm like, why didn't my mom let me watch these movies? <laughs> And I asked her about it, and she's like, oh, Daniel Shan was fine. And I was like, but why? She's like, well, there wasn't any sex in it. So I knew you kids were fine. Like, yep. He kicks a man's head off of his body. And I was right. like, not a problem. Exactly. Well, and I think it's just one of those interesting things for me. So, I mean, you know, I would be kind of, we'd be at the weekend, and, you know, I was an only child. So, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I'd be doing stuff with my friends. Sometimes I wouldn't have any plans. And, yeah. you know, I was not sad about that or anything. I was always able to entertain myself very well. And, um, so I'd be like, oh, well, I'm my parents might be busy. I'm going to get a movie that I can watch, you know, and and so Commando was one of them. And I think what drew me to it was, of course, as a 10 year old boy who's into like G.I. Joe and Transformers and all that. Mm-hmm. Yes, the action of the movie and all the machine guns and everything was cool. But at the same time, 
and something we'll talk about when we get into the movie more is there's a lot of really great deadpan Arnold Schwarzenegger humor in this movie. <laughs> this is like Arnold Schwarzenegger's Night at the Apollo. It's incredible. <laughs> and it's and they're all so good. Like this is like the best yeah. for action moving quips. It's not like I mean it's not like a comedy like he would eventually do things where you've got things like twins that he does, cop. you know. Yep. And kindergarten cop. Um, but I mean for a, a very solid action film, there's also a lot of just deadpan one-liner Arnold humor. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that was another reason that drew me to it and made me want to watch it kind of like over and over again when I was a child. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I have a very soft spot for this movie. And also, I mean, I, I think I probably the younger person in me appreciated the very straightforward, even though there's some kind of nonsensical parts at points, but the very straightforward plot. It's basically yeah. child kidnapped, Father goes to get child back, yep. and chaos and death ensue. Yeah, there's some very weird progression, like stuff going on, kind of on the on the periphery of the main plot. But the main plot is is as solid of a straight line as you can get. It's basically taken. If taken, it would like if you distill the plot of Taken even further. That's what this movie is. So it's funny uh, because I have the exact opposite uh, background with this movie. I have never seen Commando before we watched this the other day. I don't know how. Uh, it just was one of those things. In fact, we were talking about this movie. I had to com confuse with a completely different Stallone film. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, Commando? I have no idea what this is. And... You know, so I'm I was going in completely blank. I I have an affinity for Arnold Schwarzenegger in general. So I was I was going in with a fresh open mind, ready to be like, All right, let's see Commando, let's see how it holds up. So yeah, the very like the very basic plot is Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter gets kidnapped and he has to go and save her from the bad guys. That's it. That's the entire plot. Just straightforward. But there's all these like very weird things going on the side. There's a uh, botched coup of a of a country that specializes in pizza exports. I'm assuming, yeah, based I, on the flag. Yeah, the flag seems to be, <laughs> but it's also it's like it's South American yet pizza. I'm very confused. Yeah, it, well, it's like it's one of those things where they avoid showing where the country is on a map like as much as possible. So that's all going on on the side, plus you've got the race against time aspect of it. So there's, like, for a very simple plot, there's a lot of really fun kind of stuff going on on the yeah. side of it. Yep. Um, so, should we just dive right in? Yeah, I think we should just dive right in the movie. Right. Um, so, yeah, so the opening is very, you know, it's like one of those times with an action movie where it doesn't open straight up with any sort of action sequence, really, or any sort of backstory at all it's just total slice of life because yep. it opens on a garbage truck yeah. <laughs> driving through the suburbs of los angeles i will say this uh it is that is a it is a very sinister garbage right? truck yeah so yeah you cut to there's a guy at home sleeping and he hears the garbage truck and he's like wakes up and he's like wait what is today that's they're not this is the wrong day they're not supposed to be here you know he obviously hasn't had the garbage picked up so he's kind of rushing and on his way out, he, like, empties the cat litter into one of the garbage bags or whatever. I'll come back to that in a second. But, so, yeah, he gets out there, and he's like, wait, wait, don't, don't, I didn't want you to miss me. I didn't want you to miss me. And then, of course, we get the first of the one-liners in the movie where he's like, don't worry, we won't. <laughs> and then the guys turn around, 
pull their machine guns out of the back of the garbage truck, which unless they completely emptied this garbage truck, those, those machine guns are now covered in garbage juice. Guns are filthy. I'm like, I hope they wash their hands after oh. they use these guns. And of course, they shoot the guy way more many times than necessary. Oh my god, they shoot him so many times. And like, yeah, they have Uzis, but I'm like, guys, you don't need to, sh- you don't need to like shoot him this much. down, and this is where we get the first appearance of Bill Duke yeah. of Predator fame. Bill Duke comes over and double taps him with a machine gun. Yeah, with a fully automatic machine gun. It's like, it's at this point, it's probably like, he like has dozens tapped him and this poor guy you know you have to think this is the the last thing he did in life was empty the cat litter right which is like (laughs) i mean of all the the last things to do it's like come on (laughs) that stinks i mean don't get me wrong if that's the last thing i do in life when i'm like 95 and it's like you know the last thing i did was you know empty the cat litter and took it outside and threw it in the dumpster and then i came in to take a nap oh and i died in my sleep you know okay then if that's the last thing in your life but this guy's like in his 40s maybe oh yeah (laughs) you don't want to be like the last thing i did in life saint peter um i emptied the cat litter (laughs) (laughs) here's here's my question what was their plan for shooting this guy if he didn't come out with the garbage cans? Right. I wonder if Bill Duke was just like, oh, wow, that was really easy. We didn't even have to, like, go in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it continues the very time-honored tradition of action, thriller, many movies where the villains always have an overly complicated plan for everything. Yeah. They ride on so many coincidences happening yeah. and if and it's like oh this guy was just like a really heavy sleeper or right. he and his wife had been on gone on vacation <laughs> or if he's like or if he's like me and he's lazy where it's like uh oh well i guess we'll just have a lot of garbage for next week or and just stayed yeah. in bed <laughs> just stayed in bed. here's the other thing and this is this is the crazy part really if you stop and think about it this guy was not in like a closed compound he didn't have like bodyguards the fact that they i assume stole this garbage truck to execute this elaborate ruse to get him to take the garbage out so they could get him and (laughs) shoot him like 30 times he's just living in like a cul-de-sac you guys could have driven up in a regular car knocked on the door and then shot him and i don't think anything would have been different right well especially when you decided to use fully automatic weapons right in broad, it's not like it's even at night or super early in the morning because it is very clearly light out. Yeah, it's like it's broad it's like, daylight. It's like eight nine a.m. Yeah, so it's hilariously, uh, needlessly convoluted. And then they continue that trend yep. by going to a cattle a Cadillac dealership where Bill Duke is checking out a car, and the salesman walks up to him and is like, "Oh, do you need like help with that or whatever?" And then he starts the car up and runs the salesman over and steals the Cadillac. And I guess because you eventually you find out, oh, well, they're killing uh, former Special Forces members of Arnold Schwarzenegger's team. And they just also happen. They all happen to live yep. in Los Angeles, which is really easy for yep. them. Well, also, that that brings up point like, yeah, I was going to mention that. That brings up for me a big point of especially the first guy. If he is a classic, like, special forces, like, classically trained special forces operative from this super elite team that Arnold Schwarzenegger used to lead, you'd think he would have more of a sense of, oh, man, garbage is here a different day this week. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Like, somebody who 
ostensibly, as we find out, like would have people coming after him to yeah. try and kill him because of things that his unit has done in the past. But also because people come and try and kill him, it's like, and Schwarzenegger knows, and yet this guy's just like, oh, the garbage truck's here on a different day. That seems irregular. I better go out there all by myself without a weapon. <laughs> yeah. It's like, did you learn literally nothing from Arnold Schwarzenegger? At least yeah. the Cadillac guy, he's at work, he's at his job, he's maybe he's, I don't know, relaxed, or he's just, like, fucking sick of it. Yep. So, I mean, we get the, the basically, this is the last... I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because this is a, a movie where I feel like this doesn't happen a lot in movies, um, but it basically, it's, it's a cold open. Right. Because you've got all these two scenes that happen and each scene is probably at least three to four minutes and then there's but there's there's also the boat scene they, yep. they, oh, they blow yes. up the boat so we get one more scene after the first two where there's this guy he's wearing a coat and like he's got a little you know knit cap and he's obviously he works on a boat or whatever and he's out at the docks in LA and he gets on his boat and then again we see Bill Duke who yep. is the assassin of choice apparently and because uh, he's one bad mother he pulls out this uh, this box with an antenna. It looks like an old controller, basically, for yeah. an RC car think, or something I like that. I think it is. Yeah, exactly. that's what it is. They just painted it silver. And it's huge because it looks at first like a second because he's looking at the boat that this other guy is driving. And it looks like, is he going to start like driving the boat by remote control? Yeah. And then he you know flips a switch. The boat explodes. And then that is basically the end of the almost the yeah i think that's the end of that's the, cold, the, end of the open. cold open yeah and then we go into the title sequence and the credit sequence yep um where we start out with one of the first basically i look at them as feats of superhuman ability that arnold schwarzenegger portrays yeah in this movie because there's definitely moments where i feel like um yeah no I don't think a human being is that strong. I mean, I know he's a strong man, but... <laughs> Schwarzenegger is basically playing an Austrian Captain America in this movie. Like, yeah. he does more feats of strength in this film than Cap does in most of his films. Or, or he possibly is a Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> that has been found, that was another, like, first Terminator that was sent back before the one in the first Terminator movie and something went wrong with it and it like lost its memory and its mission and it was found by the US government and they were, and I would like to join up with your army and they're like all right this guy's really good at killing stuff and he's really strong commando is the opening part of terminator genesis where uh, the Schwarzenegger Terminator raises Sarah Connor. So Alyssa Milano is playing Sarah Connor in this movie, mm -hmm. basically, is what I think it is. Right. Yeah, but it's also... So not only is he lifting, like, whole trees... Yeah, like, he's carrying... He walks... He's himself. walking down a hillside, carrying basically an entire tree with one arm, one like, arm. on his shoulder. Uh, and we see this because it starts with an insanely close close-up of Arnold Schwarzenegger's arms, yep. where it's basically, like... They're trying to put a camera into his vein, and I'm like, why is this, why are we doing this? And there's, like, there's, I mean, I feel like this is a trend in action movies of the early 80s. I mean, it's, of course, continued into the present era with just appearance of actors and performers, mm. where it's, oh, you know, yes, 
of course, we've got all the ridiculous body standards that women try to live up to because of what is portrayed in the media and by actresses and musicians and things like that. But I mean, also for men, there was a lot of this, you know, there's a lot of still portrayal of, I mean, you look at actors like Chris Pratt. Yep. You know, who on Parks and Rec, he's, he's really kind of doughy, he's like, he's got a dad bod, yeah. you know? But then he went through this massive, massive transformation to do both uh, Zero Dark Thirty oh, yeah. and, and Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. And just recently, I remember seeing some pictures and some comments with him in an interview where, you know, after Guardians 1, he kind of, you know, let himself go a little bit because apparently Anna Ferris loves to bake. And so <laughs> there's a lot of pastries and stuff around the house. And but he was like, yeah, having to get back into training to do film Guardians 2. Uh, yeah, it was a little tough, you know, and for it just seems like for him, he's a type of guy who maintaining that body is really right. difficult. You know, because naturally he's maybe a little more husky, you know, he's yeah, a, yeah. a little chubby, you know, that sort of thing. And um, but, you know, but this era, especially, I feel like there's a lot of very close camera work of extremely muscular yeah. men, like it's in a lot Stallone of... movies, Schwarzenegger oh, yeah. movies, Van Damme, as the, we get a few years later. The baby oil budget on all of these right, films exactly. is like through the roof. That's the only reason why they cost so much money. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's it's actually interesting too because a lot of the actors from this point in time, like a lot of the action movies starts in this point in time, they didn't start as actors. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a bodybuilder, a fitness model. You yep. know, same I think with Lundgren. He was, I mean, he was into bodybuilding for sure, but yeah. he was also like a black belt competitive karate. Yeah, and I think he was like um, a model. Yeah. I think when he was younger, doing some modeling. He was a bodyguard for a while. Right. He got his like. In, in the acting world because he was a bodyguard for Grace Jones yeah. back in the day. I, I think, you know, I'd have to look to be sure, but it's Grace something Jones like that. Grace Jones doesn't need a bodyguard. <laughs> right, exactly. She's She'll fucking, just... She's fucking going to rip people in half. She'll just kill people by herself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we get this, like, massive close-up on his muscles, you know, and it's like, all right, all right, we get it. He's strong. <laughs> uh, and then he goes, and he's, it's time to, like, hang out with Alyssa Milano, his yeah. daughter. Which, I, I her introduction is also great, though, because we've got this moment... Where he's brought back this, like, full-size tree, and he's obviously cut it down a little more with the chainsaw he was carrying, but he starts to do some wood chopping with an axe. Yep. And we see a shadow on the ground start to sneak up behind him, and I know, it's like, I've seen the movie before, so of course I'm like, I know what's happening. But I wonder, I, you have to think that their original intent was like, oh no, this is an assassin, oh, come to kill people him. People are going to think it's Bill Duke. But there, you can tell it's got, like, kind of curly, pigtails. frizzy hair and pigtails yeah. by the shadow, and I'm like... <laughs> Um, unless Bill Dukes is like where like disguising himself as a raggedy Ann costume doll. <laughs> Bill Duke is a master of disguise. <laughs> right? It's like I just although I mean now that I say it, I kinda wanna see Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting this like giant black man in a raggedy Ann costume. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, for yeah. if anybody doesn't know what Bill Duke looks like, uh do a quick Google image search because the the mental picture of him disguised in like pigtails and like rosy cheeks while he's fighting Arnold Schwarzenegger is hilarious to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so this shadow scene, and he, like, looks in the reflection of this, like, super highly polished wood chopping axe. I, that axe I mean, I've chopped wood because I grew up out, like, in a rural area. I've chopped okay. wood. No axe you used to chop wood was that shiny and reflective. No, Most of them were pretty dull iron or, like, yeah, dark, you he's know? He's, like, sharpening this axe and, like, polishing it up so much. I'm just like... Well, why, though? <laughs> <laughs> so he looks at it and he sees, and then 
he turns around to attack, like attack. But oh, of course, it's his daughter, played by Alyssa Milano. Yep. And then we go into the daddy daughter like spending time together montage. Yep. Which has this like weird porn sax kind of sound to it. Kind of. I mean, it's very like eighties sax synth music. Yeah. And it's kind of like it doesn't like fit. It does um, not fit. We get this whole montage of like you know he's uh, teaching her karate. Yep. He's they're you know, feeding a deer of, yes. out of his, out of their bare hands. <laughs> and that's like it's so that one is so incongruous with everything else that's happening. Yeah, he's chopping wood. They're doing karate. They're feeding a small animal. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like, like wait wait what? <laughs> well, they're like but, but it's like everything else is handy because he's like teaching her how to fight and defend herself. He's there's a part where she's. A part where he's teaching her how to fish. Oh yeah, he's yep. teaching her how to. He's like showing. He's like swimming with her, and they're like horsing around the pool. So he's like obviously teach taught her how to swim. But then this one where she's feeding this like gentle doe, and I'm like, I hope that what he's actually doing is teaching her how to lure an animal close and then snap its neck so you can <laughs> eat it. And they were just like, and that was maybe in the original edit or in the original script. And they're like, yeah, people aren't going to go for the, him like killing a defenseless deer. And so they cut it out because I'm like, otherwise, I don't know what that skill is supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, okay. You know, continuing, we, you know, they're having right. fun. They, he, they're sitting around eating some breakfast or lunch. She's made some sandwiches. He's making fun of her for the sandwiches that they're like terrible. And he opens it up and it looks like it's literally just like bean sprouts and like yeah. a slice of cucumber. And I'm just like, yeah. why? And some sort of paste. I feel like there's some yeah. sort of paste of some kind like in there. Vegemite or something. And he, and he asks, he's like, what's in this? And she tells him that he doesn't want to know. And I'm like, wait, how does he not know what could be in it? Doesn't he do the grocery shopping? Next thing we knew is Arnold Schwarzenegger gets this far away look. 30 seconds later, we see a uh, helicopter come yep. around. And also, it's to be let's be clear where we're set right now. He lives in, I mean, it's a it's a log cabin. I mean, it's a house, like, yeah. the wall, it's log cabin style. But, I mean, it's a nice house. Yeah, it's it's like one of those kind of California. California mountain, yep. really, really nice log cabins that people have. And that's, you know, that's their home. I mean, obviously it's nice. He's got his own pool, yeah. <laughs> you know, and everything. Yeah, no, it's um, super fucking nice. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, that's another thing where I'm like, okay, this guy is a retired special forces guy. And I get that he's like super elite, but I don't, even when you're at that level, just on some of the knowledge I've done about reading about people like Steel Team 6 and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I don't still don't think it pays super well. Uh, no, it's still it's still an army job. No one in the yeah. army gets rich. I um, mean, like generals can get up there with their pay, like yeah, at that point. Yeah. But I feel like even these special like SEAL team operators, they they probably make a decent wage Not and a decent enough. salary. Yeah. But to have a like a mountain ca- log cabin with its own pool and all this stuff, I'm kind of like and I don't a know. giant gun murder room. Oh yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah well, I no, don't know. Those guys probably I probably they have probably... the guns. The guns they probably have. Yeah, the guns the pool they probably the fancy have. <laughs> like house in the middle of the mountains. Probably not. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the helicopter shows up and where it's like, oh no, ominous. Oh wait, oh, no, no, it's an army helicopter. This is probably okay. Probably okay. And it's uh, General Kirby, is that yes, is General, General Kirby? Yep. Uh, and he's, you know, he tells him, oh, you know, your your men have all been killed. So I'm leaving two of my best guys uh, with me to, to guard your family. And then, 
like they have a brief exchange. He tries to yep. get Arnold Schwarzenegger to come in. Yeah, we find out that this is the guy who trained Arnold Schwarzenegger because when he first shows up, he's like, John? John, are you there? Are you there? And Arnold Schwarzenegger sneaks up behind him and takes his gun. And, yep. You know, he's like, ah, oh, just like you trained me. Also, this is where we find out that Schwarzenegger's name in this is John Matrix, yep. which is <laughs> fucking insane. It's like the most incredibly fake sounding name I, I think they possibly could have came up with. For one thing, you're telling me Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger, his first name is John? <laughs> also, you're like, oh, uh, John, what's, uh, what sounds good? Matrix. Oh, and I think we John also Matrix. find out because there's a part where... Uh, it's when they're eating the sandwich, him and Alyssa Milano, yep. and they're having lunch, and he's, like, looking through her uh, copy of, like, Tiger Beat or one of those similar magazines for Tweens. preteen tween girls that's all about the pop, the hot pop stars and boy bands. And, <laughs> and he, first of all, makes the comment about, he's like, ah, boy George should have called him Girl George. Ah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, oh, Arnold. That is so needless. <laughs> I bet you Arnold thought that was hilarious. Yeah. He's like, I'm putting it in with a magazine on the table. <laughs> and then he says something about, like, he asked her about rock and roll and how he's like, man, things were really different when I was growing up in East Germany. And I'm like... That's right. And I'm like... You'd think they might have changed his name to something less conspicuous, maybe? Because <laughs> John Matrix? <laughs> yeah, they should have changed his name from something that literally no one else has. Like um, Dave Smith. This yeah, is like Dave, Dave Smith. Smith. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. He's like, oh, the, you know, oh, they said that they said that rock and roll was going to bring down the whatever the government or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there was gonna be this huge thing. I'm like you were in the U.S. Army for, like, you are in the U.S. Military Special Forces for long enough that now you're retired and everything else. Yep. How long were you in East Germany? Yeah. Because uh, I'm starting to think, I'm like, maybe we shouldn't have let you into our covert operations. <laughs> if you, like, were, if he lived in East Germany for, for, like, a long time with the communists, I'm like, I don't know if we can trust this John Matrix guy. <laughs> Huh, the gigantic, yeah. the gigantic German super soldier that has, like, a completely made-up last name. I don't know if we can trust this guy. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, you know, Kirby shows up, drops off the guards, and he's like, we're going to try to get to the bottom of this, so, but just be careful because people are after your unit. And, well, and this is another point where he mentioned, like, um, Kirby kind of lists the people that uh, could have could be after him and he mentions like of course he mentions you know the russians he mentions like i think some countries in the middle east like actual countries yeah and then he says the south americans and oh, i'm yep. like and i'm like all right that is an entire continent of countries did John Matrix do something that pissed off the entire continent of South America? Off the entire continent. <laughs> he would just went, he like went like from Peru. He just cut straight from Peru through to Brazil and just like individually pissed off all the heads of state along the yeah, way. Right. You know what I'm like? I mean, we eventually do find out. Yes, there's, there's a tie to a South American country. Valverde. Fictional, of course, yeah. which we'll get to. But, uh, so it was the South Americans. Yes, it was the South America. But I remember when I watched it, especially this time, I mean, I didn't think of much of it as a kid, of course, but when I watched it this time, I'm like, wait, South Americans, that's like 
20 nations. <laughs> hey, Kirby, hashtag not all South Americans <laughs> want John Matrix dead. Right, yeah, and it's also, it's it, it reminds me of that era, and for the people writing it and thinking about Americans just in general, being like, well... No one really knows what the what countries are in South America, so we should just say South Americans. Kind of like the way a lot of people in our country treat Africa. Where oh, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, you're from Africa. And I'll hear them like say that to someone, and I'm like, no, they're from a specific... Yeah, they're from that continent, but there's a lot of countries, and going from North to South, Af- South Africa is... Like a it's lot of different, very different. They're very different, you know. Yes. And it's people like have this attitude of like, oh, Africa's all the same, right? There's lions everywhere and stuff like that. And I'm the, like, not everywhere, no. The <laughs> best you'll get is people thinking of Africa as two countries, which is Egypt and then Africa. Yeah. <laughs> like even even in comic books, you'll get stuff like the original Batwing, who was from Africa, and he protected. Africa, and the entire continent. Yeah, this one guy in his fucking jetpack that Batman gave him <laughs> is going to protect the continent of Africa. And I'm just like, come on, guys! You couldn't even have picked like Kenya. You couldn't even have made up a yeah, fictional. There are large countries <laughs> at the very like Wakanda. Least. It's like at least Marvel they are like very specific about Black Panther. Yeah, it's like he's from Wakanda. It's a fake nation, but it's that is his nation. He protects Wakanda. It's in the middle of Africa. It's very technologically technologically advanced and they're very isolationist that makes a lot of sense it's not like the black panther is the king of africa and he rules this entire continent that's like saying that like captain britain is like the the premier superhero of europe yep you know and then well i mean to be honest (laughs) it's not a lot of european superheroes but i mean like but it's like you know captain of britain is not gonna be digging around in slovenia like beating up you know crimson fox or whatever no he's captain britain it's like europe is not yeah europe is not truly the same way that africa is but so i I do think it's funny that now here we get it for the south american side so i mean kirby leaves and leaves these two of his best men he's that gone, he trained them personally. He's gone whatever. for five minutes. One of them's already dead. The yep. other one is, is severely hurt. Like, immediately. Like, Kirby's gone. Kirby turns his back for, like, a, a second. Yep. And these guys are already fucking up. Yeah, well, and it's great, too, because it's another moment where, like, Schwarzenegger, all of a sudden, he's like, they're just standing outside. Because he tells his daughter to go inside. And the other guy's like, oh, you know, I'll go in with her and set up inside the house. And one of the guys is still out there with him. And uh, he, like, has this faraway look again. And then all of a sudden he dives down for cover. And then machine gun fire erupts. Yep. And one of the guys gets straight up murdered Fucking right shot away. Fucking the head. And then the other guy gets shot. In, like, and, the, like, the shoulder, upper arm, shoulder area. Yeah. and But he makes it inside the house with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, they're laying there. And he's like, oh, are you, you going to be okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to be fine. It's just, like, a flesh wound or whatever. And Schwarzenegger's like... Just be careful. Um, you know, you might be able to, they're coming because, you know, we are downwind. And he's like, what? Downwind? You, 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 I can't smell them coming. He's like, why not? I did. I did. And it's another sense where I'm like, all right, this guy, I think John Matrix might be superhuman because this is definitely like a Wolverine from the X-Men yeah. level of like heightened senses because I'm like, Human sense of smell isn't that good, guys. John Matrix was created in the Matrix. Yeah. He didn't actually <laughs> grow up in. Uh, he didn't actually grow up in East Germany. Those are all implanted memories. So because they were like, let's give him a hilarious accent. Yeah. So so yeah. So I mean, he's like, all right, 
you go yeah. take care of you go take care of Alyssa Milano. I gotta go yeah. and and then uh, Jenny, I believe is his daughter's name. Yes, I think sure. Jenny. Yes, Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, get in the chopper. And uh, he tells her to go hide, and so she goes to her bedroom and hides under the bed. Yep. And Schwarzenegger goes out to his like Murder lawn shed. shed, which you know it's got you know your normal lawn care <laughs> items, and then there's this little keypad for a door in the back of the shed. And <clears throat> first of all, it's only a it looked like, from what I saw when he punched in the code, that it was only a two-digit code. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's not going to be that hard to figure out. You can't, you can't expect Schwarzenegger to remember more than two numbers, right. though. Yeah, I mean, really, all the steroids. Also, like, he, it's like it's not a very large shed. Um, and apparently, the thing about John Matrix is when he's in trouble and bad guys are surrounding him, first place he goes always the shed. Yep. He's got a thing for sheds. <laughs> uh, but so the, the shed is not very large, but the the he punches the code in and a door opens. And twice, it's like the, 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 the size shed of the shed. Again. It's the shed again, and it's just filled with guns. And I'm like, that's half of your shed is just used for guns. Like, it's like, why even have a shed? Just have like an armory or something. And also for me, it's it's like, it's this weird kind of like juxtaposition of... No, like he doesn't have guns in the house because he has a child. Right. And I'm like, but if you're a person who's that worried about a large group of armed men possibly trying to come and kill you, you might want to have those guns in the house. Still have them in like a keypad protected room that your oh, daughter sure. can't get into. But why is that room not in your house? Because well, I... your house is eminently more of a defensible position than this shed is. Yeah. Or just like a gun safe. Like, what normal people have. Yeah. Like, not everything needs to be, like, a secret keypad room. Although, apparently, that's where people keep guns in this movie, because this is not yep. the only time that we yes. see this. we will get to that um, um, much later in the movie, but... But, yeah, so it's like, just get a gun safe. Put it next to your bed or something. I don't know, but it's like... <laughs> this guy was, and so, also, the shed is way too many guns. Like, was he expecting... Like, I don't know what Arnold Schwarzenegger was like. He was thinking that it was going to be like, ah, this will be when people come and get me. And I have like 30 people that I need to arm. In order. <laughs> like, there's so many rifles in there. And so he gets a couple, well, he, get, he just gets like a, hand, one. a couple he, of handguns. A couple of handguns gets, and, and like a like shotgun. A large, oh, yeah, it's like a large automatic rifle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, and he goes, just goes killing and climbs yeah. up to the top of the, the roof, right? He mm -hmm. goes in through the roof door. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. Of course, he opens the door, and the one remaining a lot like live soldier, who was supposed to be in the house and protecting his daughter, is right there in the doorway with his throat cut, and he just falls out of the door. And then Schwarzenegger continues in the house. And yeah, it's like, did they they knew that? Was... How did they know he was going in that door? It's the top. It's the roof of the house. They were you, like, yeah. You got to know that there's one of these henchmen. That is like so happy that he came in through that door because otherwise everything else that's going to happen would have gone down anyway. And but he would have been in the car like on the ride, like leaving back to go to their headquarters. And he'd be like, man, he didn't go in through that door. My whole dead body gag was just wasted, man. Uh, really wanted to scare him with that dead army eye. And but this you have to know that this guy was like off of the corner like. Yay! <laughs> when he comes in through that door. I would have loved it if they cut to the guy and just be like, oh, he went in, he went in! 
<laughs> oh, I didn't scare him, but still though, but still ah, it worked. My gag worked. Ah, it's great. It's a yeah. great gag. So he gets in. There's a guy sitting in like a rocking chair. In oh yeah, the room. trying to look menacing in his yeah. like little daughter's rocking chair. Yeah, and he's holding like a, like a piece of fridge art or something that she did or whatever. He's like, oh, cute girl, you know. And he's like, you know, we've got a job for you to do, and as long as you do everything, you'll get your daughter back. Fine, and if you don't, we'll kill her. You know. And then, and Schwarzenegger takes a moment, thinks about it, and he's like, yeah, no, just shoots the guy in the head. Just fucking straight, straight up shoots the guy. And I'm like, yes, finally somebody <laughs> just does that for all these, like, oh, no, you have to let me live. We've got your we've got your little girl. And, it's, and he's just like, well, I can still get her. So. Yeah. Well, I also love that his whole idea is also, you know, I mean, I like, because nowadays you see that happen in a lot of movies. You're like, oh, no, I can't hurt these people. But where he's just like, yeah, no, this guy's not important. He's just a henchman. Blam. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, eh, I can kill you. It'll be fine. Yeah. Because I, whoever's, whoever's like fronting you and paying you probably has a lot of henchmen. He's not going to care if I shoot you. He's not going to be very attached to you. Bill Duke was probably like, uh, why don't you wait up and uh, tell Matrix about what we're doing? Yeah. We're going to go. And just like pick like the most expendable guy. He's like, ha. Matrix isn't going to kill me. I've got all this important info for him. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, so Matrix comes out. He sees the cars peel out and are going down his driveway. And he goes out to get in his truck. So he goes to get in it and he realizes the hood of his truck is up slightly. So he looks in. They've cut all, like, the lines to the engine and the battery and all that have been cut. So he can't start it. Yep. So he makes the decision... (laughs) To, uh, he just puts it in neutral and starts pushing the truck towards as the edge, you know. And I mean, this is one part where I was like, at first, I'm like, oh, is this a, is this one of the moments? Is this one of the moments of superhuman, like, a strength? But I'm like, no, it's actually not. Because if it's... a car is in neutral, a person can push a car in yeah. neutral. Like, Plus... you, it's, you can do it. It's not, like, always easy, no. but you can do it. Someone as strong as Schwarzenegger in real life is... You could definitely do it. Yeah. Uh, plus, it's headed, so it's, you know, it's on like a decline. Yeah. Uh, because the bad guys are driving this, like, winding road down a hill, and Schwarzenegger is pushing his car just straight down. forward down the hill. <laughs> so, I yeah, I, it's it's believable, but I'm like, it's not the smartest plan. <laughs> well, and then we find out, because the henchmen are driving along, one of them's like, guy's crazy, he's coming at us. He's like, yeah, he's coming at us with no brakes. And so he's just, like, careening down the side of this mountain, almost. Yep, trying to crash like, into the car that has his daughter in it. I guess. At speeds that he can't yeah. control. Well, it's like, I mean, even if he gets in front of them, which he, he does, does. And then he goes right by them. I know, and it, but it's like one of those scenes where it's like, how is he going to stop? I mean, eventually, you know, he cuts right in front of them. Car flips. Yeah, he you crashes. Know, but he gets out. He's, um... They're like, they're all, you know, surrounding him with guns, a bunch of these henchmen, which is like the worst idea because the first thing he does is grab the barrel of the gun because he knows that they want him to do something so they can't kill him. And so he just like starts beating the crap out of like 12 guys. Yeah. (laughs) Until (laughs) they finally get him knocked down enough and he gets like a blow to the head and... Who walks into frame 
but the guy from the beginning who blew up on the boat. Yep. Uh, the boat guy. The Bennett. boat guy, and his name is Bennett, and he is another former member of his special forces unit, and he's played by actor Vernon Wells, who's mm-hmm. an Australian actor. He's not done a lot that people would know off the top of their head. I mean, he's been in some big movies. He was in Mad Max 2. Yep. Um, and then... He was he in was... Inner Space. Inner Space. He's done a lot of uh, video game voiceover work. Right. So, but all I'll say about this guy is he looks like if Freddie Mercury put on, like, 50 or 60 pounds. Yep. Because he's got kind of, and I'm and I'm talking like later era Freddie Mercury. Yeah. With the short hair and the mustache. Because these guys got, got kind of close cut dark hair and a really dark mustache. Yep. And even his face structure is kind of similar a little bit. He and, looks, he, he looks very similar to Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Like, so definitely for a lot of this movie, especially, I mean, I didn't know as much about Queen and hadn't heard a lot of their music when I was a kid watching this, but nowadays I'm always like, oh, it's always it's kind of fun to just think that this is Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah, I, well, but he's also he's wearing stuff that Freddie Mercury would would never get caught dead, right? Because he's wearing like a chainmail vest mm-hmm. and these like high pants with these like giant belt that uh, that has like a bunch of like pouches on it, and like I he had like it's a black t-shirt, yeah. And I mean the thing that the chainmail vest is what gets me the most though. It's so weird. Because I just don't get it. I'm I'm like, why is he wearing chainmail in the modern day? I mean, it's obviously to be like, oh, he's edgy. He's kind of dark and he's twisted. And it's but it's like someone saw Highlander and the Kurgan. Yeah. From Highlander, and it's like, uh, yeah, but. He was actually from the Middle Ages. Yeah. Also, it's like it's like a weird vest too, because it's like one of those like you'll see where guys like cut the sides of their t-shirts off, mm-hmm. and so like the front of the t-shirt just kind of hangs. It's like the Scott Steiner look. Yep. He's doing that with like this chainmail. I'm like, what are you? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's very poorly put together. And this guy is obviously like paunchy too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it does not help. It's always. I, it's one of those things where I'm always like. Whenever I watch this movie, I just think this is a wait. This is supposed to be an antagonist for Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel like they <laughs> cast him when it when Nick Nolte was still on board, and yeah. they're like, "Vernon Wells, great. The two of them will match up just fine." Right. And then they brought Schwarzenegger, and and Vernon Wells is just like, "What the fuck, guys? <laughs> you told me I was gonna be fighting fan ass Nick Nolte, <laughs> right? Yeah." Um, so anyway, um, Bennett Bennett is alive. So it turns out they captured Alyssa Milano and Schwarzenegger uh, because they want Schwarzenegger to go down to the fictional South American country of Valverde and assassinate the president that got installed because Schwarzenegger and his team deposed the former president who's yep. the one that's hiring the mercenaries to do this stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, is is that right? Because that's that's yeah, the no, gist that's no, of yeah, it. no, that that's okay. yeah, that's straight up what happens. Um, because he overthrew basically a bad dictatorial president. You know, right. obviously he was probably you know air quotes elected. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> that sure that sort of thing. You know, and um, yeah, so he helped like through the U.S. government. Ah, uh, gotta you gotta love that uh, U.S. government. You know, 
toppling governments in the 80s and Just the 70s and 80s. Overthrowing banana republics. It's the most believable part of this movie is that it's like, oh, the yep. U.S. government like <clears throat> had a hand in a in a bloody coup in a country that isn't ours. Well, that's surprising. Well, yeah, and I think, too, they very clearly, we see, like, one scene actually in Valverde later in the movie, and it is uh, straight up a Banana Republic. It's mm-hmm. It looks like it's, a, you know, it's old cars, things look pretty crappy, yep. so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a Pizza Republic. Yeah, because that's right. It is a pizza. The flag of Valverde has a gigantic pizza slice, slice. in yep. the middle. It's not actually a pizza slice, but, uh, it's but a, it looks like a pizza it's slice. It's an orange triangle. It's it's yeah. it's very it, unless they put little like pepperoni dots on it. I don't know how it could be more. Well, of a I pizza feel like slice. there's even there are some like because it's like yeah, there's it's like an orange gold like downward facing triangle with the point at the bottom. And there are some kind of like symbols up on it. I think line on it. It 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 looks looks... kind of like possibly like (laughs) circles of pepperoni. And I'm just like, oh my god! The entire time, every time they showed the flag, I was just like, man, they love pizza there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, they have him there. You know, he's restrained, and they're basically like, we're gonna put you on a plane. Mm -hmm. We're gonna send you down there. And, uh, you know, you'll you'll get there. You can get close to the president. You know him. You're friends with him because you were helped lead the rebels. Yep. And so he can get in real close to the current president because yep. they're because of their their past together. And if Matrix doesn't do this, uh, then they're going to kill Alyssa Milano. Right. Um, and so one of the dictators hired goons is going to go on is going to go on the plane with him. And fly fly down to Valverde, and he has to call and check in. Otherwise, they're going to kill Alyssa Milano. Right, and I think another interesting thing is that um, Valverde, interestingly enough, was used in more than one film. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is a favorite fictional destination, I guess. Yep, it's uh, referenced in Predator. It's also referenced in uh, Die Hard 2. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the Wrath of Die Hard. Yep. And uh, and there's like, it was a made-for-TV movie in 88 that used it. Oh, also worth mentioning, the character of President Arius is played by Dan Hedaya, who's an actor people may know. If you see him, you'd know him. He's but the, thing the that... other cop in Usual Suspects that's not, uh... um, what's his face, uh, Fat Tony. Yep from the simpsons right he's the other cop yeah but yeah well and also um a lot a lot of people may know him from is he's Cher's dad from clueless oh yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yes he is he is uh which puts him one step away from the marvel cinematic universe then yep good for dan hideo (laughs) but anyway so yeah they hire they've basically captured him to go send down there yep depose the now legitimate president i mean well we don't know because this guy this president hopefully was a leader of the rebels there was a coup and then he was elected in a fair and open election honestly (laughs) if it depends because if he was installed in the last within the last like four years that means that he was a reagan era uh banana republic coup the chances are good that he's just as bad as this Arius guy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but let's let's all hope and pretend that this happened several years ago and this is more of a Carter thing because then maybe it's a little bit it's a little bit nicer. Yeah. Um, so so they, they get to the airport 
And uh, Bennett drops him off, wearing his he's still wearing his weird chainmail. I'm like, oh, you're gonna wear that out in, out in public. Yep. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> well, and then okay, and then he sends two henchmen right to go with Schwarzenegger to get him on the plane. Sully is staying in L.A. and he's gonna call as soon as they board the flight. Right. And then uh, the other henchman, who we, I don't know if we know his name. Yeah, uh, like Enriquez, yeah, I think, or something Enrique, like that. Yeah. Which is weird because he's... Another I'm very like, tall, large black man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I am like I don't know why his name is Enriquez. And I'm like, the guy's probably from, like, I don't know, like, Cleveland or something. Yeah, like, he right? doesn't look like a Enriquez. Yeah. And um, so, and well, first of all, the, um, the guy playing Sully... Um, who's one of these henchmen, uh, is a famous character actor, David Patrick Kelly. Oh, yeah. Who's been in a lot of things, starting off with... I mean, it's probably not his first project ever, but what a lot of people might know is the cult classic The Warriors, yep. where he plays Luther, also mostly better known as the guy who is... The bottle guy. Warriors, come out to play! And with the clinky bottles, yeah. And um, but he went on to do a lot of other stuff. Uh, he was in The Crow yep. as T Bird, so another cult film. <laughs> uh, he played Jerry Horn on Twin Peaks, which was a recurring character and another cult yep. <laughs> project. <laughs> uh, most recently, he was Charlie the Cleaner in John Wick. Mm-hmm the creepy old guy that comes and like carves yeah. up the bodies and stuff. So anyway, we see Schwarzenegger with these two guys. And also you have to talk about a little bit of Sully and just how he looks because David Patrick Kelly is not a large man. No, he is He's not. a tiny man. Yeah, he is very short. Yeah. He's wearing this like gigantic suit. Or oh, it's, it's just like the style of the time, but it's like triple breasted it somehow. Is such an 80s suit too it's like woven probably cotton or something and it's it's got a weird it's like a weird pattern it's surprisingly shiny at parts yeah and i mean matching jacket and pants in a weird patterned fabric square bottomed tie like square ended tie (laughs) and um and his shoes also they're like wingtips like pointy toed, but then they also look like they might have like a check black and white checkered pattern on top of them. And you just look at this and go, "Oh, the eighties." Enriquez is wearing like a uh, like bright red like, like a Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt, shirt. Yeah, that's like but, that's like unbuttoned like halfway. I, all of these henchmen are fashion like disasters, except for, <laughs> except for Bill Duke, who just wear who just dresses like a normal person. Just wears a suit, yeah, yeah. He just wears a suit. Everybody else is like, and you wonder if Bill Duke is just like, "Fuck's wrong with you guys? <laughs> Dress like professionals." And Enriquez right. is like, "Nope, I'm just going to show off my chest yeah. or whatever." Well, and um, I think he's also wearing a like, straw pith helmet. Yes. It looks like a pith helmet, but which it's, comes in handy but later. Straw. It yeah, does. It does come in handy later. So they basically they get Schwarzenegger on the plane. On the plane. Oh, and we let's not forget also. Sully makes some very unseemly comments about Schwarzenegger's like maybe twelve year old daughter. At Every, this point, all of the bad guys in this film are perverts. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> like they, it's it's incredible to me. I wonder if the dictator was just like, oh, we need some henchmen. It's like, no, 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 no. 
I need the like fucking creepiest henchman you can get me. <laughs> like, if they're just, I'm just like, what is up with these guys? Sully is basically a like a an internet, uh, you know, comment section user uh, basically throughout the entire. Oh, he's an internet comment section come to life. Yes, that's what he is. <laughs> if in, it like, took physical, if it form. took physical form in a, in a terrible <laughs> suit, that's what Sully is. But we'll we'll and we'll get to that. Yeah. But he, like, says, like, oh, it gives me more time to spend with your daughter. And uh, makes makes some other, like, wisecracks. And Schwarzenegger, of course, is like, oh, I like you, Sully. You're funny. That means I'll kill you last. <laughs> yeah, he's just like... <laughs> Oh, and when, but, but we, I forgot to mention this, when they take uh, Schwarzenegger to the airport, he does a little callback where he looks right at the dictator, he goes, yeah. I'll be back. And yeah. it's just like, ah, Terminator callback. Yeah. But yeah, so he, so he tells Sully, he's like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you last, right before he gets on the plane. So they get on and get buckled in, and uh, he, oh, Schwarzenegger asks for a blanket and a pillow, because, <laughs> uh, because he's got a very clever plan, I guess, that he's yeah. hatched. As soon as he gets those, he very silently kills Enriquez in the seat next to him. Breaks his neck. Breaks his neck. And then drapes a pillow and, uh, like, puts his head on a blanket, drapes the pillow, and puts his little hat over his face. Yeah. And then he gives the absolutely classic line. And this, it's full of great zingers. This might be my favorite, which is just he uh, says to the flight and he's like, oh, and can you not wake my friend? He's dead tired. (laughs) And then he yeah. goes through the plane, and we're like, at this point, you're still kind of like, but he's on the plane, and he like gets they're, up, and they're like, they're oh, we're about ready to take to off. Take off. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm feeling unwell. I need to use the bathroom, and he like wanders off uh, to go to the lavatory or whatever. But the plane is not gonna go back, and he uh, he takes off. Yeah, it's well, it's taxiing. Yeah, taxiing. And he gets into the the elevator, the flight attendant elevator, which right? I mean. I need to do more research on this because it is in a lot of movies that take place on airliners, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's a real thing, <laughs> it... especially to access the cargo, because I've heard a lot of stuff and read things that say that like the below the stuff in the cargo hold is generally not accessible during no. flight. And it's and it can be very cold down there. Yeah. Um. I think I think it is a real thing, but I think that you see them mostly in older and larger aircraft. Yeah. Um, so, like something like the size of Air Force One, or like a seven forty seven. Seven forty seven is that the big one? Yeah, so, I mean, it, old, old versions seven, of Air Force One yeah. are seventy four. It's the one with the bump on the top. Yeah, or it's yeah. Got the like upper level. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think in some of those you'll see it a lot more. Mm-hmm. This this plane probably realistically is too small to have one, yeah. but whatever. Right. Uh, but he's able to take it down to the cargo hold and then uh, climb out on top of the landing gear. Yeah, he like tears his way through a wall and goes dooming through everyone like, on that yeah. plane. Yeah. No, I mean they're they are, they are fine, but yeah. still, it's... and he goes through part of the cargo area and gets to the front landing gear and basically climbs out on the wheel (laughs) as the plane is taking off and leaves the ground. And apparently at the end of the runway in Los Angeles, (laughs) there's a big area of like 
swamp. Swampy marshland. Swampy marshland. Uh, so he just drops out of the plane, which is no, the no, first no. instance of very clearly a dummy. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, no, no, no. A dummy that's vaguely Schwarzenegger shaped drops out of the plane. Yep. And then from like six feet up, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger like, like jumps off. Four feet out of frame, <laughs> just... Schwarzenegger jumps onto like a pile of rushes in That's the, the other swamp. Yeah. He lands on like grassy part in the swamp. He doesn't even land in the water. And so I'm like, he would have been seriously hurt <laughs> if like if that if it wasn't a dummy. But I'm like, no, that was high no, and he, he landed on a solidish ground. Yeah, to be clear for people who haven't seen the movie, he drops from a probably about 40 feet at yeah. least at in least. the air. I mean, if they, not like, like 50 or 60. The, the plane was taking off before the runway yeah. ended. Mm-hmm. So I mean like it's, you know, he, that is it's a it's a drop for that poor dummy. Yeah. So anyway, he this way he gets off the plane and Sully sees the plane take off. Yep. So So Sully goes to call yep. it in. Schwarzenegger's able to sneak into the airplane. Yeah. Oh, before we get to that though, we definitely have to cover one of like moments going back when I was watching this when we were watching it together. Um like random foley art here because he takes his watch because oh, they basically yes. said there's a, they've said um the it's flight like a... to Valverde is 12 hours so he knows that all he's got is 12 hours yep. to find his daughter because before the plane lands and, and they're like wait he's not on it Enriquez is dead and he yeah. can't call it in so they're going to kill Alyssa Milano so right. he's got 12 hours to get her so he sets his watch with a countdown for yep. 12 hours, like a timer. And as soon as he starts it, it starts like going boop, 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 is very it, loudly. It's <laughs> such a loud watch. I'm like, is it going to, it's going to do that every second for 12 hours? Right. And, it, and then as soon as they cut away, it's completely silent. And so at some level, you know, this was, was like a really coked up studio executive who said oh we gotta make a sound for eat when the seconds are ticking down this is the definition of a studio note is this is that sound because they're just like how is the audience gonna know the time is passing unless we put in a ticking sound (laughs) and so i think lester just was like Fine. You want a fucking taking sound, and he found like the yeah. most annoying noise that he could get. <laughs> I. It also makes me hope that there's a cut of the film where that sound goes through <laughs> the entire movie, and then the studio guy's like, "Um, well, can we?" just have it when they show the watch because he doesn't want to give up or back down completely but he knows that it's awful <laughs> there's a bunch of times where he's like sneaking around so it'd be great if he's like sneaking with a knife ready to kill somebody you just hear boop 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 <laughs> the guy turns around and he's like, like god damn watch <laughs> i have to know that the clock is ticking though yeah so Hey everyone, thanks for listening to part one of our coverage of Commando. Please join us next time for part two as we discover if John Matrix ever gets his daughter back. Cinemastalgia is produced by Dave Kelch and Warwick Johnson. 
You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Blog Talk Radio. If you liked the episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our theme was written and performed by Andy Berlin and mixed and mastered by Peter Carparelli. For more info about the show, you can follow us on Twitter at CinemastalgiaPC or visit us on the web at cinemastalgia.com.